Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, lovely listeners. I feel like we should have jingle bells in the background or something kind of... Maybe you can edit them in. Twinkly lights or something. Welcome to the last episode of 2023. Wow, I can't believe season six is over. Uh, the year is drawing to a close. So we are holding up with tradition and taking this episode to review the year. Yeah, very exciting. Do you have a, an overall sense of the energy, the feeling of this year for you? Well, if I summed it up in one word, it would be challenging. Mm. It's been incredibly challenging on a personal level and also on a commercial, professional, not not on a professional level, actually, on a professional level. I've had some amazing projects, amazing clients. Everything I've delivered has been, I, I've, I've been really happy with it and I've done some amazing projects Mm. that I'm really proud of but it's been challenging there is no question my my industry always gets hit first yeah and the certainty that I've always had when I've put something out there that it will it will sell and it will you know if I put a workshop out it will sell out that's not been the case this year yeah so lots of uncertainty lots of challenge and lots of fodder for learning right yeah and as I come to the end of the year actually I can see that it's been a year of massive change but that everything now feels like it's settled Mm. down so if I think back to this time last year, there was so much uncertainty, personally, professionally, you know, financially. I was terrified about what was going to happen with the mortgage. I was terrified about the heating bills. I was terrified about the food prices. And mm. I think now we're in it and we're dealing with it. A lot of that angst has gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's certainly my sort of sense of the year is that it's been a year of levelling for me. Yes, I think that's a really good word. Yeah. yeah. There's been some incredible highs and there's been some more challenging than usual challenges, even given the backdrop of the last couple of years with the separation and the divorce and various things happening with the kids. I'd say some of the challenges of this year have been, you know, really quite to the core. Yeah. But where it's left me is sort of on this this plateau and things have leveled. We've sort of got to a sort of sense of a new normal. And yeah, so I'm, I feel quite peaceful with it. I don't feel like I want to run out and pop the champagne, but equally, I don't feel like I want to go and cry in a corner either. Yeah. Feeling quite reflective, quite level, I think quite grounded. And what's come with sort of all of the external uncertainty and turmoil is 
somehow, and maybe we can dig into how that's happened slightly unconsciously probably, is I feel like I've got more of a bubble of space around me than I did this time last year, I think. It'd be interesting to go back and listen to last year's episode. Yeah. I think I was a bit more hyper this time last year. You were. But I feel all those things you've just said, peaceful, grounded. I'm not going to go off and cry. It's certainly not a year to be going to the Barclay for an afternoon tea to celebrate (laughs) my best ever year. (laughs) Uh, But I think comparatively, I'm also struck without going into any of the details and making it a a sort of triggering episode for anyone. I am still struck by our immense privilege and and the freedoms that we are afforded here and Mm -hmm. the, uh, the choice that we still have here. And that, when I actually settle into that place, I am actually quite overwhelmed with gratitude for where we're at now, yeah. given what where we could be and where some of my friends are and where some of my peers are in, in some of the work, particularly in hostile environment spaces, mm. the, the challenges that they're going through literally right now. Yeah. I am utterly grateful that A, they are doing that work and B, that my family don't have to suffer through it. So yeah. Yeah, so a huge amount to be grateful for. But yeah. maybe we can go on a little tour of the year and pick out some of the, the specific highlights and some of the specific challenges and then what we're going to take forward into next year. Mm. So what's been great? Oh, well, I've, the biggest thing on my mind right now, <laughs> I just had the the dream projects come in that I didn't even know I wanted. Yes. I mean, this... This manifesting shit, it works, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. I mean, I knew you wanted it. I mean, you sowed the seeds of this a long while back. Oh, my God. This is like the dream project. So as we move into the end of the year, I'm in the process of launching the Fiona Humberstone Consultancy, which is all about evocative, atmospheric brands. I'm in the process of thinking about dabbling in some interior design just on a on a creative director level. So I'm... I'm never going to be doing the project management or the procurement or or any of that stuff. But I absolutely want to be creating beautiful spaces, mm. especially, I think, for hospitality brands. Mm, yeah. So I'm working on something in the Surrey Hills at the moment, which is kind of toad-like, isn't it, actually? Yes. About it. Yeah. For those people who don't know what the toad is, it's one of the beautiful briefs from the Elevate project, rather than being literally toad-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a quirky pub in the Surrey Hills that's cosy and warm and enveloping and perfect. But this dream project that I didn't even know I wanted is for a privately owned retreat on a very, very exclusive Caribbean island. Mm -hmm. And, and when people think of retreats, they probably think of tiny bolt holes. This is not. No, like no, no. This is this grand. is another level. This is another level. And I can't wait to share more about it. But it's amazing because we're collaborating on the creative vision for the interiors. And then there's going to be like the whole experience of the brand from literally from the, the vision and the brand identity through to the voice and the book that goes in the the place and obviously I'm going to need to go out there and style an art director I know it's like a dream thing so as we come come out 
of the end of this year and, and move into the next year. I think this is why I also feel quite peaceful and grounded, mm. but also sort of quietly, maybe not so quietly, really inspired and optimistic for the new year because you know we've been through all sorts of iterations with me around do I want to be doing consulting work you know sort of the bigger consulting projects have I got the headspace have I got the the opportunity with the kids and I guess as Poppy's in her last year of primary school I'm starting to get that confidence that I am going to have the time Mm. to really do this justice and, Mm. and deliver the level of service that I want to. So, yeah, so I'm feeling really excited about that. And Cecilina and I are talking about collaborating on some fun things. And then I think back to Arnia, which was that transformation. And again, that was sort of the whole brand experience. So more projects like Arnia and this, So that was amazing. Then I think back to taking that whole cohort of people through the colour psychology celebration, celebrations of the season workshops. And, you know, particularly Rukmini and Pavlina, who flew in every time from the Czech Republic and Melody. Um, But also people like Ellie and uh, Rachel and and lots of people were coming back again Mm. and again. Mm which was really lovely and creatively that was really fun. I don't know, it feels like a close, a very close community that's been fostered this year. Is that fair to say? I think so. I think there's also a lot more getting your head down and getting on with the business of doing business. I think there's less, if I think about maybe communities that have developed out of things like my retreats, there's been a lot more space for frivolity and connecting and meeting up and and doing things for fun and I think I think we're all just in a different space now and I think that business is tougher for everybody and so oh it's my doorbell I'm going to get it shall I go and get it slight interlude while Fee gets the door oh my god you know what this is what? <laughs> talking about things I'm excited about for the new year um so we had Andrew Benson come to my um my open house, which we also need to talk about, don't we? That's been an exciting donation. She came and she totally blew my mind with her drawings, and I've been wanting to get. Oh my iPad. goodness, you didn't! You got an iPad. <laughs> the iPad and the pencil has arrived. Hurrah! Um, uh, yeah, so so elevate. I think was a real joy, and mine and Cecilina's art directing impactful photography was again so proud of it it was such a delight to produce and put mm. together mm. Selena so that you know professionally there's been some real high points yeah nice How about you yeah look it's funny in that sort of leveling I was I had to do a bit of thinking to think what has really stood out over and above because there's been a lot of of quieter things um I mean the podcast actually has been a real Yes. Constant joy this year. I mean, we yeah. really enjoyed the conversations. Really enjoyed hearing from other people what's resonated. Really enjoyed the fact that we just get to natter every week. Yeah, it's so nice, it's isn't it? So nice. Poppy says, You're always on the phone to Auntie Wisbeth, Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> you do 
spend a lot of time talking about it. We do, but that's I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's been a real joy. Um, yeah, and and actually getting a level of a mastery is far too grand a word, but just getting a level of proficiency at the edit and the production piece, which means that it's a breeze now. So that's been really nice. Mm. I think you know quietly as well. I was really humbled last year to be invited to be a trustee of a charity and I've been invited to be a trustee of another one this year oh wow um, which is really lovely so I've now got three and and it just feels I think the main thing actually is the joy of my work is that I can take great joy in celebrating other people's successes and what they're actually about so maybe that I don't know what that says about you're saying you're living your life living my life vicariously through others but (laughs) so so that the project that you got in through the Fiona Humberstone brand that was a massive highlight for me because I could see but I could see that it was the culmination for you of all of this stuff we've we've talked about for two years really Mm -hmm. probably longer in the moving you towards that Fiona Humberstone place and then to land this as it comes out of the gates yeah, was just, I mean, I literally could not have set the project planners in the sky up more decidedly <laughs> to make that happen. And obviously I had absolutely bugger all to do with it, but just the, the, the joy, the tangible joy of, oh my God, this shizzle really worked. It was just brilliant. And lots of, lots of my clients have had great, a great year. I mean, yes, incredible challenge, but you know, client I've been working with for a couple of years now, just seeing that all of that graft and the struggle that they put into their business for the last couple of years has meant that they had their, they're a particular couple in business that are very good at visioning and deciding what they want to go for mm. and making that vision really tangible and holding the faith in it and putting in the graft and it's paying off for them. Yeah. yeah. So nod to you, Vic and Joe Wade, you know, other clients who've been really bold about owning their worth and their value and stepping up out of the weeds of their business so that they can really speak with passion and ownership about the things that really matter and and owning that value. You know, I'm thinking, for example, of Marion Boswell and her studio mm. and the work that they're doing. And it's been a huge joy to see Marion much more out there. I mean, she started sort of that trajectory when she did her TED Talk a few years ago, but but now to see her being seen and to, mm. every time she opens her mouth, the wisdom and the value and the perspective and the stuff that we all really need to understand just comes flowing out with such graceful elegance. It's just, it's beautiful to see. Mm. So, and I've got countless stories of lots of clients who are really owning themselves. Have come, I think for me, the joy is in coming through adversity because nobody's found mm. it easy. No. And the ability for the human spirit to triumph regardless I mean and don't get me wrong people have come to me at times and been utterly broken Mm. um and yet there is always something that enables people to just claw their way back through to hold fast to take the learning from things to reinvent to reimagine to be creative and by and large those people are being even if it's not in massively grand ways all the time but they are being rewarded for that tenacity and that faith and that innovation and that creativity and I that that is just such a joy Mm. I think another big highlight actually outside of work was I managed to take a 10-day digital detox in France with my partner over the summer Mm. which was an extraordinary reset yeah 
And I think extraordinarily needed, having seen you two days before. Yeah, <laughs> desperately needed. And also the summer, in the run-up to the summer. So my business year and my financial ebbs and flows are fairly predictable. I mean, I think most, I, would, I wouldn't wish the lack of visibility in the forecast that I have in my business on most people, because it does require a huge amount of faith that stuff's going to, mm. you know, work yeah. out. I don't have a long... Well, same with me. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Not able to predict very far ahead about what's coming in. Yeah. And I sort of don't really do that. So I don't have the security of forecast planning like I used to do in corporate no. or whatever. But my year, that said, does tend to have or has had in the last 10, 15 years, fairly predictable flow. And this year, no, did not follow trend. No, did absolutely not follow trend. So normally June and July are incredibly busy for me. Yeah, it wasn't the same this year. And yeah. by this time of year, normally I'm sort of I'm winding down and it's nuts. Yeah. So there's there's been a re sort of shift and a rebalance around that, mm. um, which did mean that I was going into the summer. You know, I August is traditionally pretty dead. Mm. I did have one or two projects that carried me through, but I have to create my buffer for August in the preceding. Yeah. August. And I was going into August thinking not sure where this is going to come from. You know, do yeah. I have this buffer? Particularly as I was, I was still sort of settling and leveling into new expenditure because it, you know, it was fairly predictable for years with Mike and what our outgoings yeah. were and all of that. And then like you say, the mortgage and the shift and the renting. Mm. And so everything sort of had to find its new level. Yeah. And that was, that was challenging that, that maintaining the faith in uncertainty, I think is probably the biggest thing. Oh, and another fabulous, more recent joy is I just spontaneously, and I look back now and I think it wasn't actually really to do with Black Friday, which I think is hideous, or, you know, seasonal sales, but I just had an impulse on Thanksgiving. I didn't really sort of set it up. I thought, oh, I'm just going to put the book on sale, Mm. which I never normally do. It's not my usual MO. Just spontaneous, like, right, just going to put this on sale and see what happens. It's gone nuts. I'm not surprised. So thank you to everyone who's supported the Empowered Entrepreneur. I've now got I've this. I've got to pack them all up this afternoon and this weekend and get them all out there before Christmas. But it's going to be it's going to be a busy weekend under a pile oh, of boxes. Good. So that was lovely, but you know it has been in contrast to some quite stark challenges. Yes. Um, what's been? I mean, I've been waffling on for ages. What's been most challenging for you? I mean, honestly, everything that's been going on at home. Mm. I don't want to go through this year again. <laughs> it's not been fun. And it has all worked out, but it's been really not fun. I mean, yeah. I think the obvious lowest point was Ellie getting to the wait list on Mount View. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, her dream and just this feeling that this you know, we know it's an impossible industry to get into, but all the feedback for the whole year of her foundation was so positive. Mm. Yeah, and it's extraordinary. And for those of you who don't know, Mount View is a uh, acting and drama school over here in the UK, very esteemed. Yeah, it's like it's like Juilliard um, in the states. It's like it's one of the top three in the country, and. Mm. She's wanted to go there since she was 14. Yeah. And it was within touching distance. The worst thing about that was the way they handled it. Yeah. The way that they handled it was just brutal. You know, of the 36 in her foundation class, eight got through to the final, final round. 
six of them were called throughout the day and we were just left waiting with no phone call. Oh, God. And her and another girl just got an email at half past five saying, you're on the wait list. I mean, it was just the most Mm, brutal, unkind, inhumane way of approaching things. Yeah. And it just crushed her. And and frankly, it crushed me as well. And it took a long time to recover because... Yeah, I think it's just that sense of trusting things. And it, it has all worked out in the end. She yeah. got a place last minute over the summer and and she's really happy and she's doing what she deserves mm. to be doing. And, and it's kind of weird because actually so much of my life has been consumed in the last few years with supporting her to yeah. get to that point where she's at a drama school, whether it's literally driving her to a ballet class to a singing class to a this to a that um or whether it's making sure that the business is providing enough income to support all those lessons Mm. and now she's in it's kind of it's weird Mm. it's amazing but it's weird and we have no visibility there are no shows now for three years so she'll just emerge big reveal at the end of three years still got Um, fees to pay there right yeah, exactly. So there's, that, there's that, which is is tough as well. Because um, so, so I would say that has been the single toughest thing. Mm. But there have been a lot of things going on that have just yeah, it's been it's been a lot. It has been a lot. It has been a lot. And I feel like they've settled. So, how about you? What's been challenging for you? Oh, I think when I think about it. You know, the business for me is in a, in quite a sort of protective bubble in my headspace in that I'm quite resilient to the ups and downs in the business now. So it doesn't get into my core. No, not like me. In the way that, you know, in terms of creating a, a threat or a fear as much as other stuff does. Mm. Um, because I sort of had the faith that I'm I'm doing what I can. And I also know what I could do if I needed to ramp up more. You know, there's always that I don't have the feeling that I've exhausted all opportunity, which is which is a nice place to be. But I think the biggest challenge for me genuinely has been a couple of very intense instances of grief. Mm. Lost a really dear friend this year um, and had some big struggles in the early part of the year with a significant relationship that was that brought up a lot of grief I think grief has been Mm. subtext to this year both my own my family's and and I can't help but look at the wider context of of that as well and just the Mm. without dragging anybody into their own space of that but just the collective grief I think is huge at the moment And and I do feel that I do I, my biggest challenge is is maintaining some sense of connectedness to it so that I'm not ambivalently chugging on with business as usual in my bubble of privilege and balancing that with a realistic ability to function and keep a light shining that means I'm not completely subsumed by by all yeah. of that. And that is that is a challenge for me. And also my mental health this year has been up and down in direct correlation to whether my HRT is working or not, which yeah. has been absolutely nuts. And just the struggle of getting that getting that sorted. And that's been a new space for me because up until this year, 
I mean, I think I've been to the GP or my my nurse more this year than I have been for the last 15 years of my life. Mm, because sure. all of my stuff I manage holistically and independently and always have done. So this is the first time I've sort of relied on something external and that's brought yeah. a whole load of other stuff into the mix. So that has been, yeah, that has been the biggest challenge because sometimes I just feel like I'm utterly mad. <laughs> sometimes I am <laughs> utterly mad. Um, and I know I'm not alone because I have this conversation with clients all the time, particularly because I work with a lot of women in business at my time of life and later. Yeah. Um, and that struggle is real, people. I mean, have no doubt if you're a man listening to this, like this shit is real. Yeah. So, so that has been a challenge. But again, I sort of, it's a year of this and, you know, Mm. That that hasn't overwhelmed or marred anything. I, I sort of seem to be able to hold those two spaces of all of that stuff going on and coming back to relative equanimity, hopefully. Mm. I think that's probably that's probably it in terms of challenges. So I suppose what I'm curious about as well is in moment by moment, I mean it's sort of easy when we can sit at the end of the year and reflect on what's gone on and sort of see the patterns or the the sort of general landscape of the year but I'm curious about how moment by moment for you you gauge whether things are okay what are the metrics you're looking at well I guess through the lens of my business I have to be looking at my profit and loss yeah so that that is a core one for me but my you know my profit has been pretty phenomenal for the last few years mm and it won't be as phenomenal this year. It will still be pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, given that I take, what did we say? 15 year, weeks off a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. But it's it's not going to be what it usually is. Yeah. And I think the key thing for me is to maintain my sense of self and worth even when that's going on. So yeah. so being able to separate, am I good at what I do and am I adding value to my clients? And, yeah. and was that project good? Or was yeah. that course good with, you know, did it sell well? Did people understand what I was saying? Did they understand? I mean, you know, colour psychology for brand designers is a great case in point. Mm. Um, the feedback on that from the people that have gone through it has been phenomenal yeah it's not a 300 pound course yeah so I haven't sold thousands of them yeah and that's sometimes a source of frustration for me because I want more people taking this course I want more people being able to deliver that level of design Mm. but also because when I work with people that don't have this in their toolkit it's frustrating and I can see a better way so there are many reasons aside from Obviously, it's a nice piece of income for me that I would like to sell more. I know that there's a need for it. I know the feedback is great. I know you've told me it's great. (laughs) So moment by moment, being able to separate out, it's a challenging environment. People are telling me. I mean, somebody said to me a couple of months ago, I've got a separate bank account that I'm putting money into for elevating colour psychology for brand designers. Oh, amazing. So... Like, I think being able to separate that out and reconcile that with all the stuff we talked about with the income boasting, I am not putting the kind of marketing out there that says, if you believed in yourself, you'd take a loan for this and you'd (laughs) 
you'd stop playing small. So I have to reconcile all those things. Mm. So moment by moment, I'm trying to reconcile, is this good? Could I have done any more? Do I want to do any more? What what would it have taken for this seminar or this online course or this workshop to have sold? What does that look like in the bigger picture of everything else I've got going on and my my bigger picture goals for nurturing this community of people Mm. you know if I have I reached that saturation point where I can't actually market to them anymore yeah yeah I think that's I don't know if that answers your question but for me moment by moment that's part of the thought process yeah absolutely and what's interesting the thread that's really interesting for me in that is is what you do in terms of comparison and perspective in your head. So there's always a benchmark, and this this has been true for years, the years we've worked together, is there's always a benchmark of comparison between this year and last, yeah. or last year this and previous, and last. this course and last. So there's always yeah. a looking back comparison, which, which can be a, use, a really useful benchmark. And the other piece that I think a lot of people don't do, which you do really well, is that nuanced understanding of, comparing the reward from something financial or otherwise with the cost of bringing that out there and and putting that on and comparing Mm -hmm. that to what reward I would have got had I put more in or done less or whatever that would have been and being aware of the the trickle down and the knock-on impact of that on the wider fabric of your work and I think that that comparison piece can be really useful, that understanding of putting things into context with what have I had to give up in order to achieve this or what have I had to sacrifice or what have I had to compromise on? And I also wonder now, given what we've said about how much the market has changed and how even less predictable things are, how useful year-on-year comparison is and also the underlying assumption you know I was looking I was doing a business check on a on a financial company recently for a friend who was thinking of moving all their investments over to someone else and so I did a standard credit check and I looked in and I looked at their financial growth over the last five years or what have you and in my head there's still this intrinsic assumption that a thriving business is achieving financial growth year on year particularly, particularly in the financial sector and as we've said I think often in our conversations is, is that a reliable metric of a thriving business? Not necessarily. Can I wonder how you, I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm wondering about the degree of usefulness that year on year P&L comparison is at the moment. And that we need to be really clear about defining what our useful metrics are. Do you know, I, I think I'm comfortable where, with where I've got to on this. So I think my business has grown year on year and it's grown incredibly well in the last few years. Yeah. And I have made choices about the money we spend and the way we live our lives based on not even that assumption, that evidence that this is what's happening. I think what also happens is when you look at what's happened in the past it gives you a frame of reference that's really, really important. I I don't think as someone with a family to support, I can just go, oh, well, let's see what happens. What yeah, yeah. 
happy. I'm not happy. Um, <laughs> so I think on that one hand, I don't think I'm looking at what's happened previously in a destructive way. No, no, I don't think so. And what I'm also doing is seeing it in the context of everything that's going on in the wider picture. So I think if I had let a ton of people down, if I had put some really bad courses out there and we were seeing a slowdown in the take-up of my staff, that would be real cause for concern. But I do feel really connected to my community. I do feel Mm. like I've really delivered value on the projects and the workshops and the courses that I've delivered. And I do think that in the context of everything else that's out there and my level of insight and expertise and value that I add, that, that my pricing is right. Yeah, yeah. But what I know is that the appetite for spending money on branding right now has reduced. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing to bear in mind. It's like, it's very easy to get into a pattern, not for you, because you reflect more deeply than that. But it could be very easy to get into a pattern, particularly if you've enjoyed year on year growth in your business. And you've cut your cloth or you've lengthened your cloth in alignment with that to almost ramp up a tailor's bill that we can't sustain. If yeah, that, if that makes sense. So I think that I think going into the next few years with the understanding that change is the only constant yeah. and being more considered really about where we cut our cloth to on the assumption that things aren't necessarily always going to continue to be stable. I think we just we just have to look at things in perspective of what our actual needs are. Yeah. And and fundamentally, it is a head game. A lot of this is mm. a head game. Yeah. And, or a head and heart game. It's like, how how do we maintain sanity, perspective, motivation, drive? How can we take a philosophical review of something that means that we don't just lament what's gone on, but actually use that as constructive fodder for what goes into next time? You know, and, and not beating ourselves up unnecessarily, but taking doing the due diligence to take the action that's needed where we know we need to pull our socks up or we know we can tighten up here or there Mm. and creating the construct of our business and our wider picture of our life so that we are as supported in that mental capacity to be able to see a glass half full because it is needed. And I think the work that we need to do now and the prioritizing of that work has become even more vital because of market forces and because of the external global situation and because of all the other factors that are happening in our climate. Mm. Self, I'm not going to call it self-care because that's ridiculous. Community care and compassion and the right balance of emotional investment and cognitive perspective and rational reasoning is really essential yeah yeah okay so having sort of waxed lyrical about the ins and outs of this year Mm. and all of that reflection and that learning I'm curious to know what's the core learning that you're taking into next year and what are you looking forward to for 2024 I don't know whether this sounds odd but I feel like I've reached a point in my business where I know what I should be doing 
you know i i know the stuff that i enjoy doing i know the people that i love working with mm. this whole experience with this client in the caribbean and with susanna with anya and working with cecilina around that and all of that stuff i want to be doing more of that yeah i mean i don't know whether that's a core learning or whether it's just a calm sense of focus for the new year mm. nice how about you Well, I think it's not necessarily a new learning, but it's another reminder that the success of everything is directly related to my sanity. (laughs) No newsflash there. And I now have a really clear understanding from the detailed unpicking and reviewing and therapizing around all of that as to what the indicators are for when that is threatened. And I think the other thing, and it's it's outside of the work context, but I lost two friends to suicide this year. And I think it's very easy for people to fall through the cracks. And personally, for next year, I've made a commitment to make sure that nobody on my watch does, mm. or as far as I can have an impact in that. And I know a lot of people share that sentiment. But one of the wonderful things that has just sort of landed in front of me through a, a fairly new connection in my network is the ability to tangibly support that so one of the things I'm looking forward to next year is being part of this I'm not okay project in the media industry which has been pioneered by two amazing chaps uh, Paul Rollinson and Nick Brown who recognize that there are a lot of people particularly in media but it's not exclusive to them who are not okay and not able to voice that and they need a companion to help see them through that so I'm really encouraged and looking forward to supporting that project next year and to continue to make space in my head in my heart in my busy day doings to check on those people that could fall through the cracks Mm. Um, I think that's really cool for me and I'm really looking forward to winter in the snow in France yeah and a bit of a ski yeah. I know that's incredible. Again, huge privilege to be able to do that. But that headspace, the the group of friends that we're going with have had a really tough year. Our intention is to focus on the light, knowing that if we build that back up in ourselves, we're going to come out of the gates in 2024 in a much better position to do some really meaningful, really exciting things. Mm. And that probably leads us on to the final question, which is how are you feeling about 2024 do you know what I haven't even really connected with the energy of that yet because I'm so in this year yeah but I think as I do it right now it's quite a blank canvas yeah for me it's very exciting there's Mm. nothing set in stone other than ironically this year I've got a lot of a lot of work in the first two months already booked in which is unusual for me actually normally that comes in at the beginning of January so I do know like work-wise sort of what's happening in the early stages but I've just got this sense of possibility and I've done quite a good job this year of batting away a lot of opportunities that have come towards me that haven't felt quite right, that other people have been quite excited about pulling me into. Mm. I've been able to say, actually, it doesn't, I'm not sure why, but it doesn't feel quite right. And I just have the sense that that in some way has created the space for something something to come in and I don't know what it is oh I'm quite yeah I'm excited yeah yeah amazing how about you yeah really really excited 
we're going to your guys' ski chalet in February, which I'm really looking forward to. Yes. Uh, more travel. Cecilina and I are talking about doing something in Sweden in the summer, and then hopefully there'll be a trip to the Caribbean in October. It's amazing. Renovation of this place. Yeah. I'll come and carry your bags. I've had, I think there's not a single person that I've told about this project that hasn't said, if you need a bag carrier. No, I'm sorry, I'm top of the list. I'm far more useful than most people. <laughs> Obviously, I'll have to like get a long haul boat <laughs> journey and set off in August so that I yeah, don't have to fly away to the Caribbean. But there you go. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I, yeah, I feel optimistic and excited. And I think it almost feels like a bit of a reset for me. Mm. I want to focus on creative things, really. I mean, I got this book that I, had, I said I was writing and I haven't actually done anything with for the last six weeks. So you say that, but we've been thinking a lot. Oh, I know. And I think when I actually sit down and do it, it will come together fairly yeah. swiftly, hopefully. Yeah, I think a bit like you, it feels like a bit of a blank canvas. It feels like all bets are off and that, yeah, something exciting is going to happen. Fabulous. Well, on that note, lovely listeners, thank you for being with us all year. Have a wonderful festive break, whatever it is you're planning to do. Hope you find calm, peace, joy, pockets of inspiration. And we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, thank you so much for all your support. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.